Wonderful. All right, I'm excited uh, today to begin a new series, um, which is going to see us uh, through this month of August looking at relationships. You possibly are familiar with the phrase relationship status. You probably have found yourself either um, setting up an app or multiple apps on your phone where you maybe have to give that status or put that down. And here's, here's the direction for the month. We, um, we believe God's word is pivotal in every arena of our life. And um, we believe that the scriptures have things to help us, help us apply to our relationships. And so the direction uh, that we'll be looking at are some key significant relationships. And when I share what those are, that'll make sense. Today, we're going to talk about um, singleness. Uh, those seasons of being single or re-single, okay? Next week, we're going to look at marriage uh, and, and some key truths, some key scriptures to help us in that um, pivotal, significant relationship. Following week, we'll look at parenting. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. And um, I'm not going to share personal stories. I'm going to share stories about your kids, okay? I'm like, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Uh, um, <laughs> and then the last Sunday, this is, this is interesting. I really felt uh, nudged to do this one um, specifically. We're going to talk about relational regret. Um, as a pastor, I've seen many, many people, um, in, including myself, I've, ha I've had some regret relationally. And there's a piece of that that I think would be very healthy and helpful, right? Because we want to be people who are learning and growing. We want to be people who actually own our messes and mistakes. But I've noticed that the enemy of our soul, um, he can use regret and he can, he can really um, almost build a fortress against our future and make us feel like we're a failure, that we're... Uh, you know, insignificant, that we, you know, our mistakes, our messes are far too big to step into who God has called for us to be and who I believe he has destined really us to be. And so today we're going to um, look at um, singleness, somebody. And so maybe this is for you. Maybe some of you with older kids, this is for you to send to them during the week when the podcast is available, somebody, or maybe this is for a friend, but my hope is to encourage and really to equip you. But as I like to do, it's appropriate that I share some humor to break the ice. All right. Um, an elderly couple had shared most of their lives together. The husband was the saver. The wife was not the saver. <laughs> he carefully saved every penny he earned during his lifetime. Remarkable. And only spent it when it was absolutely necessary. Even though he had an incredible salary and pension. He amassed a substantial fortune, but despite his wife's pressure, he stubbornly continued to skimp on expenses. How many of you can see? We got some relationship tension building. Well, one day, however, he became very ill, 
Pretty soon, he and his wife sadly found out that he didn't have much time left. With tears in his eyes, the old man looked at his wife and begged her, Can you promise that I'll be buried with all my money? Every single penny. His wife, surprised by the stingy request, but in the moment, despite her anger and frustration, out of empathy for her dying husband, accepted. Of course, I swear. Well, the ceremony came, the graveside funeral came, that moment, if you've ever been to it, you know it's significant. Well, she catches the eye of the minister, and quickly before the casket is lowered, she rushes over and puts a shoebox in. She goes back and sits down next to her friend. What was that all about? Well, I swore that he would be buried with all of his money, and I want to be faithful to keep my promise as a good Christian lady. Are you stupid? Her friend said. Why would you bury that stingy old man with all of his money? Nothing like the perspective of a friend, somebody. <laughs> yep. Every single penny. I'm a Christian woman and I want to keep my word. But he had millions. How did all that money fit in that tiny shoebox? Well, she smirked. I've kept all the money in my account, and I printed out a check for him. All he has to do is cash it in. <laughs> hey, it's not funny, y'all. I don't know why you're laughing. <laughs> I know good jokes, and that's okay. All right, all right. All right, all right. Hey, I am, I am excited to talk about um, relationships this month, and uh, hopefully you're not in the middle of that story right now, um, but if so, um, maybe some truths from God's scripture, or maybe a couple small groups will help you out uh, this, this fall. Um, but today, I, wa I want to talk about a season, um, a season that you've, you've found yourself in, um, are in, or perhaps have found yourself in again. And it's a season of singleness. Now, this May, I, I, I guarantee there are people here that are single and satisfied. They're good to go. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to shake you out of being good to go and, and content and satisfied. Some of you are like, single and I ain't ready to mingle. Amen. We hear you. You know, Beyonce's at the bottom of your playlist. I get that, you know, single ladies, for those who <laughs> endured that song dance to that song. But I want to lead us, and I will just tell you out the gate, um, the passages I have today, there's a chance you've heard them before, um, and there's a chance you understand them well, but I do believe that they are significantly appropriate for a season of singleness or being re-single, finding yourself re-single again. And um, I, I, I want to kind of say that, you know, uh, society uh, has changed. For some of you in the room, society has dramatically changed. There may, may have been pockets of culture where you could glean and learn and discover and, and really get some, some good ideas and good help. But then the Hallmark Channel came along, and uh, it's messed everything up, somebody. Um, and Hollywood came along, and oh my goodness, it's messed everything up because 
what you'll find is good entertaining movies, or as um, I've affectionately called them over the years, chick flicks. I did not grow up with those, but I married into those, okay? And um, chick flicks, they they don't really emphasize a lot of scripture. They're not um, trying to get you going in godly direction. They do, they do one thing, and, and, and here's my real beef with them, okay? I get it. My wife loves. We've got Hallmark Channel. Forgive me, okay? But we have it. It's available in our home, and it is incredibly predictable. I am prohibited, a little fun fact about uh, our marriage, I'm prohibited from watching Hallmark with my wife because my sarcasm and humor... <laughs> really jeopardized that. So, like, for the, fir- for the first couple years, it was fine, and then I started opening my mouth because I had to release that awkward tension. You know the awkward tension, right? In the Hallmark movie, you know, you, you want a band of brothers in a Hallmark movie to be like, believe, well, how did this even, you know? But anyhow, the focus is on chemistry. Chemistry makes for a great movie. If you have streaming services, you'll know that top of the list, there are some quote-unquote reality TV shows that are purely built around chemistry. Make no, make no bones about it. Chemistry is important, but chemistry has been emphasized by Hollywood, Hallmark, and other forms of culture. The emphasis, even uh, social media, um, whether you realize it or not, you uh, participate in chemistry to some degree. Like, nobody's putting pictures where they're arguing with somebody as their profile picture, right? Uh, couples aren't taking a snapshot of their monthly budget and be like, yeah, we sat down, we did the budget after dinner, you know? Who posts that? that no, nobody does that. The focus is on chemistry, the, the, the highlighting of, of uh, you know, the the... I don't want to say the ease, but the, the chemistry side of life. And here's, here's my problem with that. It's a fantasy. <laughs> like Disney Plus, you can literally have all of the prince and princesses movies. Where do they all end? At a ceremony. And then happily ever after. Ain't nobody making a movie post-honeymoon. Because chemistry sells. Chemistry can make money. Chemistry is something that is easy to enjoy when you're watching it on a screen. The scriptures point to something far more profound. And when I say it, you'll know what I mean. Instead of chemistry, the scriptures highlight longevity. Instead of chemistry, the scriptures highlight longevity. Jesus is concerned not with you finding Mr. and Mrs. Right. He is, but less about finding than becoming Mr. and Mrs. Right. Jesus is less concerned with chemistry. He's deeply concerned with longevity. And I want to share briefly about being, living, participating And not just singleness or being single, but I want to put a word in front of it, being strategically single. Not, you know, 
chemically alone single, but strategically single. Parents, whether you know it or not, that's one of your prayers for your child. Aunts and uncles, that's one of your prayers for your nephews or nieces. Probably if you're single, whether you desire it in your mind or not, deep down, you know that longevity matters. You know, mistakes can happen, mishaps can happen, but preparation is key when it comes to relationships. And many times there's almost a reluctance to do what I would call some of the deep work or strategy behind this season of life. And so I want to take a few moments and just highlight again a couple passages. Jesus is talking about following him. So like I want to say that. He's talking about following him. But I need to tell you something about myself. I need to tell you something about Hillside. We don't believe you just need spiritual, like you don't just need Jesus for your spirituality. We believe you need Jesus for every arena and every season of your life. We believe the word disciple meant, hey, I'm following you with all I got. Like not, hey, here's spiritual Paul, but you don't get to touch, you know, at the, during that season, single Paul. <laughs> no, you get all of it. So here's what I want to highlight. There are a couple, a couple passages. Matthew 6, we're going to look at a very, very, very famous verse. But before we get there, we're going to look at Luke 14. Can we bring up Luke 14? And Jesus is going to talk about estimating the cost. Verse 28, he says, suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Will he not first sit down and estimate the cost to see if, if he has enough money to complete it? For if he lays the foundation and is not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule him, saying, this fellow began to build and was not able to finish it. So suppose one of you is watching a Hallmark movie and desires to have a happily ever after life. Will they not estimate the cost in laying not only a foundation, but building a home? In fact, I did something we should never do. And I, can we bring up, I put in kind of some of my own lingo for this theme. There's always a cost to not estimating the cost. There's always a cost to not estimating the cost. Always a cost. As, as, as a single, if you can look back for some of you in that time or for some of you in that season, you know that some of your greatest regrets are the moments where you never estimated the cost. Some of your greatest regrets are when you let chemistry override longevity. When you made a short-term decision thinking it would have long-term influence. Scripture's full of different stories like that too. People who got fixated on the now, but never prepared for the how that's ahead. And so singleness... It may define this season for you, but I want you to redefine it by being strategically single. Strategically single. And that's where I want to bring up Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Again, there's a chance you've heard this verse before. 
but it is so significant to a season of singleness that I couldn't pass it by. Here's what it says. Seek what? First. First. Prioritize longevity. Like seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Matthew 6.33. There have been portions of my life where I've reversed the order. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but perhaps you have lived portions of your life where it's like, no, I'm, I'm going to seek first my kingdom, and then kind of when I find my groove, I'm going to ask you to come alongside and bless me for it. That's fine. People do that. I've done that before. Probably I'll do it again. But the ideal way to follow Jesus is to hear his words and yield to them. And it is difficult in a season of singleness to not want to shortcut the process. God invites us in every season, in every arena of life. This is a verse I'm praying over my two daughters, praying for my two daughters. That, that they would seek his, his kingdom. That they would seek his kingdom. That they would seek his kingdom. That when the, the, the chemistry happens, they would have a foundation built to step into longevity. Chemistry is crucial, but longevity is the foundation we all need. Here's what's wild. Most, most regrets I have in my life were trying to shortcut the process, and there was, a, there was maybe a promise on the table. There's maybe a situation on the table, and I could see it all in my own strength. I could lean on my own understanding and know that I know that I know that I know because I saw it happen before. This will work. This is how it's done. And no, 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 and not seek the kingdom first. And it didn't work out how I planned. And so you need to know this. Like, I'm a pastor, okay? You're like, well, no, duh. I'm not Dr. Phil. <laughs> like, Dr. Phil, he, he spends a lot of time on longevity. It is a little Hollywood, but he has some profound insights and some biblical insights if you follow, have followed long enough. However, you'll see time and time again situation where you're following the story, you're following the relationship, and somewhere Somebody went the shortcut route. We're just going to make it happen. It's destiny. It might be destiny, but destiny feels a lot better when you've prepared for it, somebody. Like destiny and chemistry and all the feels happen in Matthew 6.33. Like when you seek his kingdom, when you put him first, can I tell you what that does? That brings the blessing in every other arena. Of life. And so in the Bible, if you're like, man, show me the chapter. Give me all the verses on singleness. Nah. There are a few, sort of. But Jesus, he just mentions every arena of life. And he says, man, follow me first. I'll take care of the rest. But in a season of waiting, in a season of difficulty... Man, it sure can be hard sometimes. I want to jump the gun, but you don't know. You don't know how he talks to me. Man, I ain't ever had somebody text me in paragraph form before. It must be love. 
And he even uses emojis. Like he's got emojis. She's got the best sense of humor. And she's seen all the diehards. It's incredible. She's everything I could long for. <laughs> Chemistry comes in a phrase. <laughs> Love is blind. Come on. It's never been you, but you've had those people in your life. They're like brilliant, career-driven. They're like killing it in almost every arena. And then they start dating somebody and you're like, what? How did that, how did that happen? What? He don't got a job? No, 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 he don't, he don't. He, he doesn't have a job? Oh, he doesn't want a job. No, no, I'm going to take care of everything. Oh, that's just, what? wait, what? Hold up. You don't see any red There are no red flags. Look at the text he sent. There's emojis. You know what I mean? Ch chemistry. <laughs> chemistry. <laughs> and he, listen, if you could hear him sing Brian Adams, everything would be okay. <laughs> like he, he knows. He knows Brian Adams songs. It's all good. It's all good. You know? It's amazing. It's amazing. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. Jesus invites us in every season, but significantly in our singleness. Put him first. 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 Where are the shortcuts? Where are the excuses? Where are you having to explain away significant personality traits, spiritual traits? Because the chemistry is fogging your mind. Listen, chemistry is crucial, but longevity has got to be the foundation. And I kind of accidentally bumped into this. My wife was probably, not probably, we've talked. She was far more strategic. Um, Kelly and I, when we met in 2005 when the stars collided. <laughs> 2005. Hey, where did we meet? Great question. At a newcomer's lunch, baby, at church. Anyhow. We had both dated some people. And then... Work of the Holy Spirit who enters into these seasons, everybody. I hadn't dated anybody for a year and a half. And it gave me time to learn, relearn. Gave me time to align and to really recognize what a Jesus-first lifestyle could look like. And we began dating and it actually, we were dating in February, married by November. Really, the foundation had been laid. She, again, she had all that, like, list of what she was hoping for, you know, and dreaming for. I mean, look at me. I met everything, as you imagine. <laughs> and <laughs> I might as well push myself over here. Pride does come before a fall. But... Um, no, significantly for her, she had taken some, some time just to truly recognize, okay, let me put, my, put Jesus first and then begin to identify what, what am I looking for? What am I hoping for? What am I dreaming for? She was strategically single, strategic. I landed up being, again, less strategic, but by God's grace because of, here's the deal, because a heart running hard after God is what we were created for. Heart running hard after God is what we were created for. 
And so to live for him in your career, to live for him. In the daily grind of life, to live for him. In every moment, every season, to live for him. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm saying it's full of mistakes and we pick ourselves back up again. Keep moving to the rhythms of his grace and the rhythms of his mercy. But over the long haul, having that true north, by God's grace, it prepared. It prepared and landed up being the best strategic play I ever played. Landed up being the best thing. And, and, and it wasn't all of a sudden, happily ever after, oh my goodness, um, we've had arguments along the way. I mean, I've messed up like once over 17 <laughs> years, and, um, but that one time, <laughs> there was chemistry, but by God's grace, we had emphasized longevity, being held by the Spirit, held by who he is. And so what I, what I want to just say, I want to I nudge you in a practical, can I get real practical, real, real, real practical, three, three words that I believe will help you process and prayerfully contemplate this message, right? So strategically single. If you are single or again, re-single, can, don't do it for my sake. Don't do it for the sake of the person you're dating. Here's Here's why I want you to do this. Your future self will thank you. These three P's, I promise, I promise, I promise. Don't do it for me. Don't even do it for Jesus. Do it because your future self is going to thank you. But think about your past. I've got three P's. Think about your past. Like, listen, (laughs) it's easier to forget about it than to process it. It's easier to blame it than have to name it. It's easier to stick our heads in the sand than have to process who we are, what we've become, what we inherited in life. But I'm going to encourage you. I'm going to encourage you. Strategically single, come face to face with your past. Be honest with who you are. Some people have put it this way. Know yourself so you may know God. And what we mean by that is know who you are, all of who you are, that you may know just how deep and rich God's mercy is over your life. And our past, if we're not careful, it can hinder us from stepping in to really the abundant life we have in Christ. Like, here's what's crazy. You want to know the simple, short answer about all our relationships? God wants them to thrive. God wants them to be places of wholeness, places of rest, places of peace. But it does take intentionality on our side. And I wish, like if I could just be honest, there there is a little men in black I wish we could bring to church life. Like after you give your life to the Lord, you know the little thing where they erase your memory? Wouldn't that be cool? Boop! Oh, great. You remember that? No, I got no idea. But what we like to do if we're not careful, we like to, like to hide from our past, like to excuse our past, like to keep secrets from our past, thinking, man, I can manage this, I can cope, and I can keep this. Like, hey, my parents found a way to sweep it under the rug. Their parents found a way to sweep it under the rug. It's not that big of an alcohol problem. Like, how, what, what is an alcohol problem? How big? It's not, that, it's not that big of a porn addiction. 
I mean, it's not really going to influence anything. Listen, my anger, it's not, like, it's not like I explode five times a day. It's not like a little loud yelling and smacking walls is bad, is it? I mean, it's all appropriate. No. No. If that's you, can I tell you something? God loves you. If that's you, God's been chasing after you. And you're not in a room of perfect people. All of us have a past. All of us have brokenness. All of have has mistakes. So don't feel alone or isolated or singled out in that moment. But here's what I'm saying. There's freedom in Jesus Christ. But here's what's wild. You've got to enter into that. You've got to draw near to that. People keep a distance from it because it can be shameful. Keep it secret because it can be shameful. Can I tell you, you've got to run to Jesus. You've got to come to the cross. You've got to hear his mercy and forgiveness. Those are the extreme measures, but there are other small, nuanced behavior that you carry that was passed down from generation to generation to generation. And you, you, you maybe not you, but I've, I've seen it in my own life, like sometimes hard conversation. Oh, it's easier just not to have a hard conversation. Oh, I'll just be easier. I'll just procrastinate. I'll just wait. And we sometimes can avoid conversations that need to be had. And our past, right, we all inherited one. Like for some of us, um, Kelly and I, man, I, I don't say this as a highlight. I, I, the older we get, the more we say this. We're so grateful for our parents. You know, like when you're a senior in high school, you're not sitting around grateful for your parents, somebody. They're like, oh my, oh my gosh. No kidding. So I used to, I'm really... I would talk to my mom. This may surprise you. I talked to my mom. I remember we'd get in an argument. And I'd be like, I can't wait till I go to college. You know, just, you know, once every day. And um, every time we'd argue, I wasn't strong willed, okay? She was. It's not my, no. But I, I distinctly remember, I distinctly remember uh, my like freshman year of college. I would call her, call her up a few times. I just said, hey, I'm sorry. Sorry for last year, man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, you know, it was a it was a it was a way of recognizing the past, recognizing who I was and and knowing I needed to change and to 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 make a difference. But all of us, whether it's your family of origin, whether it's trauma, and that's where I was saying, Kelly and I were so blessed with our parents. The older we get, we're like, man, look at look at our family of origin. And our parents are still married. Look at our grandparents. They were still married. Look at our great-grandparents. They were still married. Look at our great-great-great-great-great-grandparents. They were still married. They weren't perfect. But we were blessed generation to generation to generation to generation. For some of you here, part of God's story, part of how he's wired you, and I promise you, you may not see it, but there's hope and there's peace and there's purpose in the midst of the pain. That's just not your story. Like while other people were handed a great past into adulthood, yours may have been nothing but brokenness, abandonment, and fear. And I'm really sorry for that. And I'll tell you this, that's part of God's hope for you. He doesn't cause those things to happen, but they happen. And if you are willing to recognize and see what your past is bringing to your current present, I promise you the Holy Spirit will meet you there. And he will bring you help, healing, and wholeness. He's the only way, the only one. Why do you think places like AA are so vital or Celebrate Recovery? 
what are those people doing? Can I tell you what? They're facing their past. They're recognizing. Aren't you grateful for those ministries and grateful for the people that go? I mean, it's remarkable. What are they doing? They're, They're finally realizing, man, I'm at the end of my rope and I need help. Can I tell you, in a season of of being strategically single, you, you need to realize some of your past. You, again, may not be that extreme, but you've got to just begin to think about it. Consider habits or hideouts. Like, I promise you, you're either, <laughs> not either, you're running from someone or you're running from something in your past. You are. And God wants to meet you in that place. And he says, man, come run after me. Let's run into all that I've called you to be. Let's run into all that I have for you. Let's run into the healing. Let's run into the wholeness. Let's run into the hope. Let's run into the peace. Let's run into the good news and the gospel of what I have for you. It's part of it, but here's here's the kicker. I've seen so many relationships. Shoot, I've seen myself. I've seen some some just, just sideways thinking, sideways under-emotionally developed, I own it. And I recognize I've got to go back and see, man, why in that? What a rejection have I not dealed with? What abandonment, not by parents of blood, but others. What abandonment have I not let the Holy Spirit heal? Because I promise you one thing, it's coming out somewhere. So we got to go to the Lord, run to the Father as Cody Carnes. Look that song up. Run to the Father, man. Let him meet you there and bring healing. So the past, that's where I spend most of the time. Other two, let's make it chippy choppy quick. Past, strategically single priorities. If you're in a season of single or re-single, do you have priorities? Now here's the thing. When you feel the chemistry, when you're on the app and you're excited to go on a date, don't take a certificate of priorities and pass it to the other person, okay? Not the best first date play. But in your heart, in your mind, do you have a top five? Do you have a top ten? Some of you, listen, I know it right now, you're going to try to make a top 100. That's too many priorities, okay? <laughs> Ain't nobody want to see anybody live with 100 priorities. I mean, that's, that's crazy. But a top five, a top ten. Like, think about this. Do they need to be a believer? Or are you okay with an unbeliever? Like, I have all my reasons I would encourage you for them to be a believer. But we're not talking about my life. We're talking about your life. Is it it okay if they have been through recovery or are in recovery? Or do you want no recovery? Is it okay that they have kids or no kids? You know what I mean? And here's the thing. You, You may have never understood or seen God this way, but God wants to meet you in that space. In the, in the month and a, month and a half, year and a half <laughs> before Kelly and I met, all those sorts of things were in my mind. And can I tell you, God was so good. He was so faithful. And he let me know, hey, that, that's just stupid. Like, she doesn't have to be into your soccer team. That's just silly. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. For some of you, though, that, that's, a no, that's a no joke. Man, they like UK. I'm out. You know, that's you. You do you. That's fine. But what, what I mean is sometimes we have this, this fantasy, because here's what, here's what I want to say. You may have never been given permission to do this over your life, but there's permission for you to be strategically single. Can I tell you, longevity, longevity, longevity is your portion. And God meets us in that place. And prioritizing, I can tell you, I've seen this. Hear me, hear me. I've seen when a couple 
that had no church starts coming to church. They start hearing the word of God. They start worshiping. They maybe join a small group, start having other couples in their life, encouraging them. Two marriage groups this fall, by the way, one on Wednesday and one on Sunday night. Okay, so if when they get those things going on in their life, can I tell you? Things begin to change. Things begin to change. Like one husband shares about his brokenness and another husband, he's a little too shy and it's too awkward to speak up. But on the way out to the car, they catch each other and he says, hey, thanks for sharing, man. Could you pray for me? And then what happens there? God's brought somebody in the flesh to help one husband get free from maybe something that he needs to be free from. Or a lady get healing, wholeness. But here's what happens. It comes from having that as a priority. Do you have priorities? And then the final is purpose. These may seem kind of cliche, but I want to tell you they are significant. If I'm not saying get on TikTok, but if you look at TikTok, if you look at what is posted right now on social media from people that aren't Christ followers, culture wants to let you know there's no consequences. Culture wants to tell you Hallmark and Hollywood is all there is. And then people get married and they're like, who is this man that I married? And this man is like, fooled you? No, I'm kidding. But you know I'm kind of telling the truth. But here's what's happened. If you have been formed in Christ's likeness, not perfect, but formed in Christ's likeness, willing to deal with some cycles of your past, willing to understand what priorities are needed. Can I tell you, there are others in this room that would say, man, that is, you've, you've, you've got a leg up in future relationships. And that last is purpose. Having a co-mission and wanting somebody that is mission-minded is so vital. Like both of our, our parents, they had purpose. Both of Kelly's parents work, still work in the marketplace. But can I tell you, they know their people on purpose. And they love God and they love others. They love God and they love others. They love God and they love others. Both of my parents were in ministry and marketplace. And can I tell you what they modeled? Love God, love others. Love God, love others. Can I tell you that's your destiny too? Meet somebody that loves God and loves others loves God and love others. And you don't have to shortcut it. You can trust the Lord. But it comes back to 633. Seek first his kingdom. Seek first his kingdom. Because listen, what we've probably seen this week has put an emphasis on chemistry. I had to take some time to encourage you to put emphasis on longevity. Partner with God for where you are and for all that he's calling you to become. Amen? Let's pray and we're done. Thank you, Lord. Let's pray and end together. Thank you, Lord, for meeting us in this space. Thank you, God, that your grace is more than enough. Thank you, Lord, for knowing the secret places of our soul, the places we hide, the masks we wear. I thank you, God, that you move past all of those. And you call us your child. You call us beloved. 
We thank you, Lord, that we don't have to live life in the lie, but we can be real with you. Lord, addictions, sins, doubts, fears, brokenness. Your gospel shows us that all were welcomed around Jesus, that he met them in that place and poured out his love that they might know hope. I pray, God, you would meet us in that same space. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would equip us and empower us. Your word says that you lead us into all truth. And honestly, God, we need relationship truth in our lives. We need the truth of who we are, who we're called to be. Lord, that your word says that you love us profoundly so much that you would come and give your life willingly, laying it down so that we might have life. And Lord, your word says that our past doesn't have to define us. But Lord, it does say we've got to face it. And we've got to get healing, we've got to get whole, and we've got to receive your Holy Spirit to bring us strength. And we pray for that in our lives. And Father, we thank you that your word points to days that are good coming up. Days that are filled with peace, where we're not walking on eggshells, where we're not walking in brokenness, but we're walking healthy, whole, abundant. And Jesus, we need your help for the Matthew 6.33 life. We don't want to have it as a cliche. We don't want to say we went to Hobby Lobby and bought it and put it in a frame. Seek first the kingdom. No, God, we want to be people at the end of the day. We lived it, loving you, living for you. Would you give us that strength, Holy Spirit? In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen.